Thank you for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. We're excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. We just want to make sure you're aware of a few things before we get to the sermon. First, we'd love to connect with you. You can follow us on our social networks at Hope Church LV, and also be sure to check out our website at hopechurchonline.com. There, you can find out more information about who we are and where we're going as a church. Once again, thank you so much for checking out this sermon at Hope Church. Please let us know if there's any way we can come alongside you and your family. Enjoy the message. As a young child in the late 1980s, I was obsessed with a certain show. And it was a show called Sesame Street. I loved this show. And there was a portion of the show that was a game, and it was called One of These Things is Not Like the Other. And there was a catchy song, and then usually four objects would appear on the screen. And it would be something like a baseball, a basketball, a tennis ball, and a cowboy boot. And I can remember as a child with passion, yelling at the television screen, acknowledging the object that had no business being associated with the others. As we begin today, I want to play that game, but I want to do it with some of the people that we read about in the pages of Scripture. So I want to show you five names, and don't do it out loud, but I want you to think about in this list of names, which one of these people are not like the others. So we start here at the top with Abraham the father of many nations. Second, we have David, who is called a man after God's own heart. Next, we have Esther, a queen and leader in the, New, in the Old Testament. Then we have Peter, one of the disciples, a man who was preaching on the day of Pentecost when thousands of people responded to the gospel. And then you have this other person, that nobody's ever heard of, and who has a really hard name to pronounce. So you have spiritual giant, spiritual giant, spiritual giant, spiritual giant, Tychicus. He's the one on this list that is not like any of the others. Yet, he was a man who was used by God like the others. So it's very obvious to look at a list like this and realize which one doesn't belong. But for me personally, out of this whole list, the person I can relate to the most is Tychicus. You see, I don't have the status like Abraham or David. I can't lead like Esther. I can't preach like Peter. I'm just a normal, regular blend in with the crowd kind of guy, just like this man named Tychicus. And here's what I want you to know today. If you would say, that's me. I'm ordinary. I'm normal. I blend in with the crowd. I want you to know this. When it comes to being used in God's kingdom, that is okay. 
Here's what Henry Blackaby said in one of his books. God is known for taking the ordinary and making it extraordinary. Throughout Scripture, God used ordinary men to affect his kingdom in extraordinary ways. You see, I believe there's a myth that exists out there when it comes to usefulness in God's kingdom. And maybe we wouldn't say it out loud, but, but here, here's the myth. God does amazing things through amazing people because they are amazing. Have you ever thought that? Have you ever seen someone who's being used by the Lord and think, God could never use me like that. I'm not, I'm not amazing like that person. Listen, that's a myth. That's not true. Here's what's true. God does amazing things through ordinary people because he is amazing. You see, God does extraordinary things, great things, amazing things through regular, ordinary people like you and me because he is an amazing God. And this is true every day. Some of us may look at this truth and think, okay, well, that's true like when I'm on a mission trip. Or that's true when I'm leading my small group. Or that's true when I'm maybe helping people in need during the holidays. But I want you to know, this is true every single day of your life. Because as we look at the life of this man named Tychicus today, we're going to see that just in the regular rhythm of life, God used him. In amazing ways. So today we bring to a conclusion our almost year-long journey through the New Testament book of Ephesians. It's been a great, great journey. Every time we finish a verse-by-verse study, I think to myself, that was my favorite book. And I think that way today about the book of Ephesians. But we're going to conclude by reading Ephesians chapter 6, verses 21 through 24, and we're going to look at some lessons from the life of this man none of us have ever heard of and hopefully draw some application from the scripture. So let's look in Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 21. You all know where we've been as we've been journeying through chapter 6 in our series called Battle Lines. And Paul is now concluding this letter that he's writing to the church at Ephesus. He wrote this in verse 21. But that you also may know about my circumstances, how I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make everything known to you. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, so that you may know about us and that he may comfort your hearts. Verse 23. Peace to the brethren and love with faith. From God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. Now, if you're anything like me, those are usually the verses in one of the New Testament letters that I just kind of glaze over. I sometimes think to myself, well, there's nothing super profound in those verses. But here's what I believe today. There's some pretty profound and practical stuff as we look at the life of this man named Tychicus that we can draw out and it will sharpen us 
as we walk with Jesus and engage in the mission. So what do we know about this man named Tychicus? Well, not a lot. We do know he was a follower of Jesus. We know that his name is mentioned five times in the New Testament. We know that from an age perspective, he was younger than the Apostle Paul. And we know he was greatly trusted by the Apostle Paul. You see, Paul entrusted Tychicus with his letters to the church at Colossae and the church at Ephesus. We know those letters as the book of Colossians and the book of Ephesians. So he was greatly trusted by the Apostle Paul. So I want us to look at his life for a few moments, and I want us to wrestle with this question. On a daily basis, how can God work through ordinary people to make a difference in the lives of others? On a daily basis, how does God work through just ordinary, regular people in order to make a difference in the lives of others? Because in my Christian experience, it is not on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis that there are parting the Red Sea moments for me. But here's what I believe. Every single day, there are opportunities around me and around you to make a difference in the lives of other people. Henry Blackerby also said this in one of his books, Talents and Ability are not prerequisites to being used by God. Accomplishments, awards, and recognition will not ensure kingdom usefulness. You see, Tychicus is not a guy who preached to thousands. He didn't heal someone who was sick, but God used him in the life of the Apostle Paul and many others as he just lived his life with a sensitivity to the Spirit of God and embracing the opportunities that were all around him. So here's how I want to unpack this text. I want to share with you four ways God can use you every day to make a difference. Four ways from the life of Tychicus that I believe God can use you and he can use me to make a difference in the lives of others. And here's the first one. Caring for others. Caring for others. Here's the reality. On a daily basis, Jesus followers have the opportunity to care for others. In verse 21, Paul refers to Tychicus as his beloved brother. He could have just said his brother, identifying him as a follower of Jesus, but he chose to add the word beloved to his description. This indicates that God had used Tychicus in Paul's life. It meant that on a regular basis, as Paul walked through the peaks and the valleys of life, this brother, Tychicus, was walking through those situations with him. And this is a biblical principle. Galatians chapter 6 says this, Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Now, caring for others can look a lot of different ways, but here's what I know for sure. 
every single day. There are people all around us who need to be cared for. They need to experience the care of God through us as we engage and interact with them. You see, we live in a culture that typically looks past people. Here's what care is. Care is looking at people and feeling what they feel and letting them know that they matter to us and they matter to God. That can look like pushing pause on your day or whatever you're doing in order to meet a specific need by caring for someone. Or that can look like being exposed to a need and connecting that person to someone else who can more effectively and appropriately care for that person. But here's what was true as Paul describes his brother Tychicus. He says, what I'm going through in my life, it matters to him. And listen, as we do that for others, it makes a difference. Everyone has superficial relationships. But what we really need are real relationships. But in order for us to experience real relationships, we can't just look past people. We must look at people and feel what they feel and let them know that they matter to us and they matter to God. I have a friend in my life. He lives in another state. But when I think about this principle of caring, he is the first person who comes to my mind. Because it doesn't matter if we are on the phone or if we're face-to-face. When I engage with him, here's what I feel. I feel like what I'm going through, what I'm doing, and what I'm thinking about, it matters to him. And he wants me to be built up. He wants me to feel cared for. And he wants to step into my life and do whatever he can to help. So that's the first way every single day that you and I can make a difference in the lives of others. We can care for others. Here's the second way. Serving others. Not only can we care for others, but every day we can serve others on a daily basis. Jesus followers have the opportunity to serve others. Paul described his brother Tychicus in another way in verse 21. He referred to him as a faithful minister. In essence, Paul is saying, listen, Tychicus is dependable to serve. And as I describe him to you, I can't describe him to you without talking about the way that he serves me and the way that he serves other people. And this is really a principle that Jesus Christ himself set the standard for. In Matthew chapter 20, we see this verse, for even the Son of Man, describing Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. And as we look at Jesus' life in the Gospels, he demonstrated this in many, many ways. But the one that is the most fascinating to me is what Jesus did in John chapter 13. So Jesus is sitting around a table with his disciples And very soon, he's going to be arrested and beaten and crucified on the cross. 
But he's sitting around this table and he's just given his disciples the practice of the Lord's Supper. And the Bible says that after that, Jesus stood up. And I would imagine that the disciples looked and thought, what's he about to do? Like he's just blown our mind by telling us that this bread symbolizes his body and this wine symbolizes his blood. What's he about to do? Is he about to teach us something? Is he about to leave? What's he about to do? And here's what Jesus did. He walked to a place in the room and he picked up a towel and he picked up a bowl full of water. And he went over to his disciples and he began to wash their dirty, unworthy feet to demonstrate to them the significance of being a servant. And in John chapter 13, he made this statement to his disciples. He said, if I then, the Lord and teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. I believe that principle, that moment, that example causes us to remove the phrase, well, somebody else can do that from our vocabulary. If our king and Messiah was willing in a, in a humble way to wash the feet of the disciples, there's nothing we should look at and say, that's below me. If we are to model what he taught us and live our lives looking for opportunities to wash the feet of others, we must be marked by the reality of being servants. I assure you, every day, there are people all around you who need to be served in some way. That could be opening a door. That could be buying a cup of coffee. That could be anything that you're not expected to do, but you want to do in order to serve them and demonstrate to them the love and the life of Jesus. And I believe no matter how big or how small, serving makes a difference. So that's the first two ways. We can care for others. We can serve others. Here's the third way. Encouraging others. On a daily basis, Jesus followers have the opportunity to encourage other people. Look at verse 22. Paul says, I have sent him, meaning Tychicus, to you for this very purpose, so that you may know about us and that he may comfort your hearts. This word comfort is a word that means encouragement. Paul says here in verse 22, I'm sending him to you to deliver this letter and to give you some updates. But I'm also sending him to you so he can do what I see him do all the time. And that is encourage other people. Let me ask you something. When was the last time you encouraged somebody? Could be a text message, could be a written note, could be a phone call, could be a face-to-face conversation. When's the last time you spoke life and joy and hope into someone else? And hopefully, it doesn't take you long to remember when that was. Because this too is obviously a biblical principle. 
In Hebrews chapter 3, the Bible says, But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today. I got a text message on Friday. I was actually uh, working on this, this message, and I got a text that said this, Thankful for you and your insight in helping navigate the ministry of Hope Church. Now, for me, my love language is words of affirmation. So when I get a text like that, it fills me up to overflow. But here's what's so powerful about it. The Lord put something on that person's heart, and they valued me enough to share it with me. That's what encouragement is. It's not hard, and it doesn't take long. But every single day, there are people all around us, and here's what they need. They need a word of encouragement. And God has given us the hope of the world in his son Jesus. And we should be ready and willing to speak encouragement into people all around us. That is another way every single day that we can make a difference in the lives of others. Well, here's the fourth and final way that we can do that. Praying for others. On a daily basis... Jesus' followers have the opportunity to pray for others. In verse 23 and 24, Paul basically concludes this book by sharing a prayer. And it's really dominated by three themes. Peace, love, and then grace. It was customary in the ancient world that when someone would conclude a letter, they would conclude the letter by sharing a wish. So here's what Paul does. He stays with that custom. He just baptizes the wish and makes it a prayer. And there are many historians who think that Paul did not actually write the book of Ephesians with his hand. He dictated this letter to Tychicus, and Tychicus wrote it down. So here's what I imagine must have happened as they concluded this letter. They finished it, and then holding the letter in their hands, Paul and Tychicus begin to pray these things for the church at Ephesus. They prayed together for peace for these brothers and sisters. They prayed that they would love each other and all of those around them. They prayed that grace would flow to them and from them every single day. They leveraged the opportunity to pray specifically for the believers at the church of Ephesus. You see, they had just finished writing within this letter about the significance of prayer. Here's what was just written in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. I'm reading it to you from the message paraphrase. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Every day we have an opportunity to pray for other people. When I really want to know what somebody's like, I look or listen for four things. What do they spend their money on? What do they spend their time doing? What do they complain about? And what do they pray about? So here's another question for you today. When you think about the content that consumes your prayers, are you making it a priority to pray for others and taking advantage of the opportunity you have to intercede 
on behalf of them before the Father. So those are four practical, simple ways that you and I can make a difference in the lives of others every single day. And what I love about these four characteristics is you can literally evaluate every relationship in your life based off these four. If you're married, you can evaluate your relationship with your spouse. Am I caring? Am I serving? Am I encouraging? Am I praying? You can evaluate your relationship with your coworker. Am I caring? Am I serving? Am I encouraging? Am I praying? Your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your classmates, your relationship with your neighbor, you can see, am I leveraging the opportunity around me to make a difference in those relationships by engaging in these four ways? I think it would be so powerful that if someone at your job or at your school or in your neighborhood, if they were asked what you were like, if this was their response, well, I'm not aware of what his or her talents are, but I'll tell you this, that person cares about me, and they serve me every chance they get. They encourage me, and I know they pray for me. Here's an encouraging truth. On a daily basis, God desires to work through ordinary people to make a difference in the lives of others. You see in the life of Tychicus a regular guy, an ordinary person. He cared, he served, he encouraged, and he prayed. And God used his life to make a difference. Now, as I share those things, I'm thinking internally, those are really simple. Like, those things are not hard. Unfortunately, what we're talking about today is not common. It's not common to find even Jesus followers who consistently are leveraging the opportunities before them to care, to serve, to encourage, and to pray. It's actually radical. And the reason for that is because we all face obstacles that hinder us from caring, serving, encouraging, and praying. And so as our team was meeting this week talking about this message, we tried to boil down what are those, what are those main obstacles that most of us struggle with, that hinder us from taking advantage of the opportunities around us every day to make a difference in the lives of others. And here's, here's what we believe that they are. We often miss out on daily opportunities to make a difference in the lives of others because we are selfish, lazy, or hurried. As I think about my life and the opportunities all around me every day to care for people, to serve people, to encourage people, to pray for people. Here's why I don't do that. Because I'm either selfish, I'm focused on me, I'm lazy, I'm, I'm apathetic toward what's going on, or I'm hurried, I'm busy. So think for a moment about your life. Think about the past week. If there have been opportunities you did not take advantage of, is it because you were only focused on you? Or was it because you just neglected those opportunities around you out of laziness? Or were you too consumed with your schedule?
Now, I really relate with those. And I want you to know this. Everybody, and if you're here and you do relate with those as well, everybody here struggles with that, even though they may not say it out loud. We all struggle with selfishness, laziness, and busyness. All of us know what it is to feel like, I want to do this. I want to care. I want to serve. I want to encourage. I want to pray. Unfortunately, I do the opposite. Paul actually wrote about that in Romans chapter 7. Look at what he said. For the good that I want, I do not do. But I practice the very evil that I do not want. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? And then he gives the answer. He gives the way. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Our only hope to walk in victory over the flesh is to walk in nearness to Jesus and allow him in us to make a difference through us. As you look at history, God has consistently used people who recognized they are weak, but he is strong. I had a lady in the first service, a precious lady, who came forward and asked me to pray for her. Here's what she said. She said, I'm just an ordinary person. And I want to be used by God. But I'm selfish, I'm lazy, and I'm busy. Here's what I believe. God hears a heart like that, and he's drawn to it. He's drawn to us realizing who we are and who we're not, yet who he is and his desire to work through us as we depend on him. The only way that you and I can carry these things out, the only way that we'll care or serve or encourage or pray is as Christ does it in and through us. Because left to ourselves, we don't want to. Left to ourselves, it's impossible. But as we depend on him and he presses his life out through us, we begin to, by the power of his spirit, take advantage of all the opportunities that exist around us every day to make a difference in the lives of others. J.H. Jowett said this, Every preposition seems to have been exhausted by the word of God in emphasizing the necessity of a fundamental relationship with Christ. In Christ, through Christ, by Christ, with Christ, unto Christ. In every conceivable way, Christ is proclaimed as the all-essential. So, if today, what we're learning from the life of Tychicus stirs your heart, your next step is not to say, I'll try harder. Your next step is not to say, I'm going to make a commitment or I'm going to show more willpower. Your next step is to say, Lord, I need you. I need you to care through me. I need you to serve through me. I need you to encourage through me. I need you to lead me to pray. So here, here's what I have for us by way of application. And then we're going to have a time of response. I've written a prayer. And you don't have to use these words, but I think it really portrays for us as we look at these final verses in Ephesians, what, what our heart cry should be as we enter into this week. So here it is. Lord, 
as I depend on you, may I embrace every opportunity before me this week to make a difference in the lives of others. That's the prayer of an ordinary person who wants to be used by God. Lord, as I depend on you, because when I depend on myself, I'm selfish, I'm lazy, and I'm hurried. So Lord, I gotta depend on you. It's gotta be you in me. But as that happens, may I embrace in my neighborhood, at my school, at my job, in my home, may I embrace every opportunity before me this week to care and to serve and to encourage and to pray that I may make a difference in the lives of other people. That is what we learn from the life of this ordinary man named Tychicus who was used by the Lord. Let me invite you to bow your head today. So just like we do every Sunday, we're going to take some time now to just respond. So as you're seated there, I really want you to think about how is God speaking to you? Today we've sang together, we've prayed together, we've looked at the word of God together. How is the Lord speaking to you? Maybe you're here and you realize I don't know Jesus. I don't have a relationship with Jesus. But you know today that's what you desire because you know God loves you and he has a plan and a will for your life and he desires to give you life and joy and hope. Just a moment, we're going to stand and sing a song of response and we're going to have pastors all along the front of the stage. So if today you know that you need to respond to the gospel, all you have to do is Move to one of our pastors and just say, I need Jesus. And we'd love to connect you with someone who can show you from the Bible how today you can be born again into a relationship with God. For others of us who are followers of Jesus, I want to ask you just a few questions just to evaluate your life. On a regular basis, are you caring for other people? people think about you or describe you, would they say, that person cares about me? Secondly, are you, are you serving people? Are you looking for opportunities every day to serve those that come across your path? Are you someone who encourages other people? And then finally, are you, are you someone who prays for other people? All simple opportunities that make a big difference. Maybe today as you are just before the Lord, you would like a pastor to pray for you. Maybe you're just struggling with something from today. Our pastors are here. We'd love to pray for you. Maybe you want to come up to this altar and just kneel down at these steps and just be alone with the Lord. You feel free to do that today. For others of us, we're going to stand and we're going to sing a song of response just as an act of worship unto the Lord, listening to his voice and responding to him. Lord, thank you for our journey through this great New Testament book. 
And Lord, thank you for this conclusion. Thank you for what we can learn even now from a follower of Jesus who served you here on this earth long ago. Lord, I pray as people think about this community called hope, they would think about people who care, who serve, who encourage, and who pray. But Lord, we recognize that the only way that's possible is your life in us. So Lord, press yourself out. Use us, leverage us for your gospel and for your glory as missionaries here in this city. Speak to us now, I pray. In Jesus' name.